Welcome in to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, the Weaver State Athletics Podcast. I'm Paul Gruitt, joined today by Coach Randy Ray, and we'll also coach a special guest, Damian Lillard, is with us today as well. Damian, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me. Brother. It's good to be with you. Uh, we're going to have some fun as we reminisce on, on your time here at Weber State and talk about your amazing career uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. And you're here, of course, for the Weber State Alumni Classic as well. So if I told you 11 years ago when you first walked into the D-Event Center and first came to Weber State that you'd be where you are right now, what would you what would you have thought? I probably wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> I would have yeah. been like, man, nah, I don't. I might make it to the NBA. Like, I always felt like I could, but I, I couldn't have pictured this. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't in a million years yeah. see it happen in the way that it has. So you, you did feel growing up and all, all the time that you thought you'd make it to the NBA. I mean, I always thought that. Yeah. And even, like, at some point in there, I'm sure it was like a, a false sense of reality. And um, I just crossed paths with the right people. Uh, I think coming here and being under Coach Ray, mm-hmm. Coach Duff, Coach Gardner, and obviously Phil, I mean, just challenging me to be um, a better person, um, a better student, a better player, making me work the way I did and just changing my mentality you know, about what it took to have a chance to make it to the NBA. So um, I think that was a huge part of it. Yeah. Coach, I'm going to ask you the same kind of question. If I told you 11 years ago when he first came that he'd be this, what would you have thought? I, I wish I was smart enough to right <laughs> now and say, yeah, I knew this was all going to happen. But no, when he walked in, I still remember when he came on his official visit. We walked into the D and he ran down to the floor and all he wanted to do was, was shoot and shoot and shoot and work out. I knew then that if we got him, we had a pretty special guy. But as far as the NBA, it, no, I did not know that. Uh, I will say this. I remember I was sitting, Dame was playing pickup ball. I think it was the summer after his sophomore year. He was just named the MVP. Kellen came up to me and he says, Coach, is he, he's an NBA guy, right? And then it just kind of hit me. And I hadn't had a lot of NBA guys or any at Weaver. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I think he might be. <laughs> and that was the first time it kind of hit me. But uh, And then as we got, you know, moving on, his third year that he played for us, he, you know, he got hurt the, his third year and then yeah. came back. The game at St. Mary's was the one that kind of blew the doors open, yeah. I thought, Dame. Um, Dame went over there and just went off and went crazy. and against a really good St. Mary's team, and then everybody started showing up and doing the deal. So in that senior year, well, it was your junior year. After you got hurt and came back, you had another year. But when did you start knowing that people were around, that scouts were looking at you and all that? Did you have any idea really what was going on? Um, I really didn't. Like I, re- I had no idea how the whole NBA yeah. process went. And um, just kind of naive to it. And I think um, that year I, got, I finally made a Twitter. I just randomly, like, all my teammates had Twitter accounts, and they would be, like, tweeting each other and stuff, and it was, like, the beginning of the beginning yeah. stages of Twitter. So I made an account, and I didn't really follow nobody. I didn't know nothing. And um, my teammates would start showing me stuff, like, man, look, they're talking about you on this site. They're talking about you on that site. So I kind of started to monitor it a little bit, like, type my name in, search my name. And like he said, after the St. Mary's game, I was just seeing a lot of writers yeah. saying stuff and a lot of people saying what could happen or right. I could get drafted and all this stuff. And once I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm not going I'm not gonna look at it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then the next time I look at it, hopefully they like still been yeah. watching. And that was kind of my, that was my approach. So 
my teammates was telling me more about it. Like yeah. Bull, Bull would come in all the time. Like, Bull. hey, did you see? Because uh... he was the biggest reader of everybody on the team. He knew everything that they said on the forum, the little Weber State forum, and everything they said online. <laughs> crazy it, it was unreal and and I, in my role as in SID sports information the NBA scout request came to me and I don't even know that I probably talked to you as much as I should have but we started getting we had 13 scouts at one home game mm-hmm. we had 15 at Northern Colorado I remember that year yeah. it was unreal everywhere yeah. we went yeah. 10 at Sac State and stuff like that and it just what do you remember from that year and and the attention that he was starting to get I'll be honest with you, I was oblivious to it. I mean, <laughs> you're, I was like, you're just I was in like, your mode and you don't think yeah, about we're, it. Yeah, we're, we're trying to win games and we got a good team. And yeah. and you, you started to hear more, I think, from you yeah. a little bit. Hey, yeah. some guys are showing up. Um, and then I remember coming to starting to come to practice. They started to show up yeah. to practice. And uh, I do remember uh, there was a – we had one practice, and there's probably about eight or nine guys there and a few GMs. There was a big GM here. I think Danny here. Ferry, yeah. I think, came, I believe. Danny Ferry came, because that was when I was he like, he's a and GM. And R.C. Buford was here, too, I yeah, think, and showed up. Yeah. But I remember it was Danny Ferry I talked to after practice, and we were just talking about Damon I think bit. Kevin O'Connor came here one time. He too. was here. Yeah, he was a big, big fan of yours. And, um, but anyway, I remember asking Danny after one practice. I said, because uh, I'm oblivious, I'm just trying to – get our guys as good as they can be and uh i said looked at him i says are we gonna lose him and he started laughing and he goes yeah you're gonna lose him he's gonna be he's a top 10 guy and i went no i just shocked me i was like oh my god i didn't i didn't recruit anybody I, you know that's my first thought is if he's gone who am i gonna get well, we got a big hole here now but yeah. then then that from that time on yeah. it was kind of then we were more aware of what was happening as you look back on some games at Weber State, your career there, are there you said the St. Mary's one. Are there other games that stand out that you just remember? Um, I, re, I If I have to think, I think back to maybe two or three games. I had one my freshman year. It was our first conference game. Mm-hmm. And um, we was down like three with like 10 seconds left or something. We inbounded the ball. And we were supposed to give it to Keller. And um, he can't get open, so I get the ball, and I look to try to get it to him for, like, two seconds, and he wasn't open. So I was like, I'm just going to shoot it. <laughs> so I line up, come off. I hit the three to tie it up. And after I did that, like, it just – after that, everything was different. Like, I just felt different after that. I was like, okay. Like, that was a moment right there. And then another game was um, Portland State at Portland State. It was my last year. And we was like losing by like 15, 16 points in the first half. And I just started making every shot. Yeah, like I, seven threes and a half or something like that. And I that. finished the yeah. first half, I had a fadeaway yeah. from half court. <laughs> half court, right. And I just remember like after I shot that, I saw like a bunch of scouts sitting in the first row. And I just saw them all just like talking to each other. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to, we not losing this game tonight. So that one. And then the biggest one is probably San Jose State here. Yeah. It was like an overtime game. and. I had like 44, yeah, yeah. and um, I remember we was down like we was down like four points with like 30 seconds left, and I hit a floater, and I act like I was gonna run down court, and I turned around and the dude threw the ball right Stole to me, ball. Yeah. and I laid it up, and he fouled me, and then I hit the free throw. We was up one, so it was like it was packed. So I like those are the kind of games I just I don't forget. Yeah, absolutely. Just big games. So fun to look back. You mentioned that Northern Colorado overtime freshman year game. I think it was that yeah. that you remember. We hit that shot. I, mean, I remember it came off a came off a ball screen and the guy went under, yeah. and it was right there in front of the bench. 
and uh, I was like, shoot this sucker, man. And uh, when it went in, and I remember after the game, I looked at my staff and I said, okay, we got something here <laughs> this guy's now. All right. This guy's going to be okay. Yeah, he's so special. after all you've gone on to do, why is Weber State still so important to you? It's, it's the same thing as when I'm doing stuff in Oakland. Um, like I do a lot of stuff in my neighborhood because it's a lot of people in my neighborhood that did stuff that people just don't know about for me like people just don't know about and it was kind of a an investment in me it was a guy named Mike Tapman who grew up with my dad and the rec center in my neighborhood he like basically ran it he would like he had like a bunch of fitness classes um he had the keys to it they, he basically ran the place and he would always like it would be like bigger kids playing older kids playing pickup using all the baskets and he would hold it open like two hours late, like after they closed and just sit in the, in the bleachers and let me shoot around and, and go by myself. He would train me for free, like give me rides home. He would just, he did a bunch of stuff for me that my dad don't even know, you know, like it was out of the kindness of his heart. So like stuff like that, you don't forget about those kind of people because he's not out telling people, yeah, I used to do this for Dame and I used to hold it. He's not bragging about it, but. Him and I, we both know what happened. Um, Raymond Young, my AAU coach, same thing. Just people going out of their way to make sure that you go the direction that you're supposed to go. You know, So I go home and here for the same reasons. Like I came on my visit and Coach Ray told me from jump, if you don't want to work hard, you don't want to be a good teammate, you don't want to go to class, this ain't the place for you. And like I didn't come here like, oh, I'm a be perfect in school. Like I was coming here like I want to play. Yeah. I'm a division one basketball player. And it was like when I came here is when I was kind of forced to grow up and my mentality changed working with Phil, how to work and how to be responsible and being on my own and stuff like that. So like I became an adult with the people here, not with my parents. So it's kind of like funny that people ask me that you yeah. know, I come here because like I grew up here. This is like another home for me. So the fact that the people that I spend my time with here are still here, it makes perfect sense to come back. Yeah. Uh, so much that, you know, we're going to talk about your rap you know, career too, but you had the, the Wasatch Front yeah. rap just about Weber State because it meant that much to you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, like, it gives me chills sometimes to think about, like, how it all really happened. And when I wrote that song, I was here training. I was working on an album and I was sitting in my hotel room and I was literally thinking about everything that I did here. So like, it was the easiest song I ever wrote, but it's probably my favorite because it was just like, Phil, Phil still listened to the song. Like, man, that song gave me chills. Like, it's the truth. Like, it's a, uh, at the end of the song, what did I say? Um, I talked about how like, at the end of this, at the end of the year, um, I was trying to figure out if I was going to come back or not. And Coach Ray called me in the office and was like, you can't come back. Like, you got to leave. And we both sat there and cried like yeah. babies. Like, yeah. like wow, I really got to leave. Yeah. So it was like, that song is like, every line is true. Yeah. Some songs you got to like fabricate some stuff <laughs> and like say some stuff that people know it could be true, but it's probably not sometimes. But like, that song was like, I was literally like reminiscing. Yeah. Like, to the hook where I was like, reminiscing on the days I didn't know what was ahead. So just, that song is just different, so. Mm -hmm. So neat.
So neat that you do that. And boy, the memories of that year, I remember you asking me in, in pra after practice, like you said something like, you know, what would happen if I want to do a press conference, you know, if I yeah. want, well, how does that work? Yeah. What do we do? And, right. and you know, all of it, it was new for all of us. It was. You know, coach, yeah. it was. But it was rookies, man. And yeah, I've, okay. I've had mem yeah. I've had it, media members from Salt Lake and, and others say that that event, that press conference is so special. It was so unique. We had fans there. You're there yeah. talking, but fans are interacting with you. It's just, yeah. It just spells, I think, I think the uniqueness of, of you and Weber State as yeah. well. It really was, and Damien handles it so well. But I do remember when we when I called him in, and I mean, this is Dame to a T. You know, hey, I, you know, I told him you got to go, and he's like, well, I can get better. You know, I didn't come back. I got another year left. I was like, no, you got to go. Another, you don't have a scholarship you know, yeah. anymore. You right. have to do this. You <laughs> You're know? cut, basically. One of those deals. But then, <laughs> his genuineness through the process. You know, it's so different anymore. You see the entitlement from these kids that are coming out, and it's all about me, me, me. But Dame's genuineness in that press conference, I still remember almost everything about it was off the charts. And people got, I think, the first chance they really got to see the real Damien, who yeah. he is as a person. And it was pretty cool. Drafted by Portland, uh, sixth overall, and you start out there at the Blazers. Did you have a welcome to the NBA moment? My very first game was against the Lakers. So I was playing, like, Steve Nash, Kobe, Antoine Jameson, Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol, like I'm playing against like all-stars, like Hall of Fame level players in my first game. And I just remember walking out there and everybody was just so serious. Like everybody was just fist bumping. They was like, the focus was on a different level. Like I was walking out there like, it's my first NBA <laughs> game. It's Halloween. Like I was excited and everybody else was like, you can tell their mentality was like how I am now. Like I'm going into the season like, all right, we need to be a two seed. We need to be worried about this. Like their mentality was where mine is now, and I was just out there like, that's Kobe, like <laughs> yeah. Steve Nash, and so I mean it's it was different. That was like the moment where like I came out, I came out there, and when the game started, I kind of like hit a switch. Like I was like, I don't care who they are. And then when I got taken out of the game, I was sitting on the bench and I was just watching. I didn't know how to like behave on the bench. I was just looking around like that's Kobe out there, like hitting fadeaways and Dwight Duncan. It was just different. So that was like a welcome. For right, me. right. Exactly. Same thing when we played Miami, like LeBron just running around out there, like doing crazy stuff. So. At the press conference when you left to announce you're leaving Weber State, I think you were asked, you know, what are your goals? And you said, you remember Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. People probably thought, wow. They thought I was crazy. They thought he was, yeah. And a year later, you're Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I think, like I said, it's just the mentality. Like, I didn't – when I was drafted, like, once I learned that I was getting drafted, I moved on from it. Like, I was excited about it, but I was like, okay, I'm not going to just get drafted and go out there and not be ready because I got paranoid about it. So I started training even harder for, like, when the season started. So – um, I got season started and I was just ready. You know, I think a lot of people get picked and they have like a long stretch of just like patting themselves on the back. Like, okay, I'm in the league and they love me. Like, of course they love you, they picked you, but now it's you gotta do something. And I kind of just skipped that whole, that part of it. As soon as I got drafted, I was like, we was in New York for another day. I enjoyed my family. And as soon as I touched down, it was like, it was like, all right, the draft is over, back to pre-draft. Like, we was doing the same thing 
and that was it. How have you changed from your rookie year to now as far as how you handle things? I don't think I've changed as far as how I handle stuff. I think everything is pretty much the same, and I think that's the, the beauty in it is I found what works for me. And I look at myself in the mirror, and I know what I need to get better at. Um, I look at what I've struggled at, like, in this season or the past season, and I try to be better at it. And that's what works for me. As far as everything else, like, I don't make highlight tapes and pick up games in the summer. I don't record everything that I do. I don't worry about what other people do. I just worry about myself and my team. And I got something that worked for me. And it continues to work for seven years. So there's no reason for me to, to step away from that. You've, Coach, you've mentioned how motivated he is and how he's so unique in that sense. You know, you, you saw that. Where does that motivation come? Where does that drive come from? I mean, I just, I always think about, like, the time that's going to come someday where it's like, I can't play no more. <laughs> and I don't want to see that day and then look back like, man, you should have did this or you should have did that. Because I do it now. Like, when I think back to my time here, I'm like, I remember, like, championship games that we lost where I'm like, I could have took that game over. Like, I could have took it upon myself and not just ball hog, but, like, I could have taking control of the game and I didn't because I just thought it was going to happen or not took a night off but I just didn't dominate like I should have like we should have won the championship every year that I was here I was I knew I was better than everybody in the league but we didn't so like I think about stuff like that so when I'm done in the NBA I don't want to look back and feel like I just cruised you know what I'm saying and when I walk away I want people to to have nothing to say when I came in the league they said Oh, well, he's not really a point guard. And then it was, he don't really defend. And he can't do this, and he can't do that. And then when they look up and I'm done playing, they're going to be saying he was a really, really good defender. He was an MVP. Portland hadn't won a championship since 77, and he did that too. Like, I, when I'm done playing, I want to look back and them not be able to say anything bad about my career. So... Um, that's what I'm motivated by. Like, I still haven't accomplished all those things. Let's talk a little bit about what it's really like to be you. You know, when you, you're, you're obviously a, a major celebrity now. When you come to a game, which you come to game almost every year here, it's insane. Just everything around you, just yeah. to come. But what's it like to go out to a restaurant, anything? What's, that, what's life like? It's different now. Um, usually when I go to a restaurant, it's... If they have like a private room or a private area, I'll sit in there. But some days, like, I just don't feel like hiding. <laughs> it's like you almost start to try to find a private room or a private this or a private that to kind of stay out of the way from um, just being disturbed every second. Like, you try to like hide away from it, but then you find yourself not living a normal life. Like, I want to go to the mall, I want to go to the movies. I want to go roller skate. I want to go on vacation and just be able to go sit by the pool, like stuff like that. So like, sometimes you just got to do it. Have you so been I recognized just, in a lot of crazy places? I mean, I haven't been anywhere where I wasn't recognized in the last four or five years. So, I mean, I went, I haven't been here for seven years now, almost eight years. And I've, it, I was in a random place last night. Where was I at? 
I was going to I was walking up to Wingstop. Um, on Riverdale, I was walking Wingstop. up to Wingstop. That's your, that's your place. That's where we they went. didn't have that when so I was there. I recruited him. He wanted to go. I said, "Where you want to eat? Wingstop." <laughs> so we Still uh, remember. walked down there, and um, I'm walking in, and it's like this kid sitting to the right, and he like, "Damian Lillard, <laughs> you not Damian Lillard?" And I was like, "All right, I'm not Damian Lillard, <laughs> whatever." And then when he said that, he was like, you're not Damian Lillard. And I was like, all right. And then as I was turning away from him, it was another dude walking towards me like, no, nah, you Damian Lillard. Can I get a picture? <laughs> so I took a picture with him. And then I heard two people in the corner. It was two girls in the corner. And they was like, I told you that was Damian Lillard. I told you. So I'm like, it's almost 10 o'clock. There's four people in this place. And all four of them is like, I told you that was him. So it's like, that's what it is everywhere now. Like it's like that everywhere, and you just roll with that. You have to take your picture now with everybody. Everywhere yeah, you go. I don't mind taking a picture. The yeah. only time I won't take a picture is if I'm like eating, and people walk up. They like, I don't want to do this, but can we take a picture? And I'm like, I literally have my fork <laughs> in my hand, and you want me to get up and take a picture? Like that kind of stuff would kind of like disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Or um, when people walk up and they just don't ask, they'll say. Um, can you take this picture for me? Or they'll say, just like, assume that it's okay. Like, I'm not obligated to do anything. So don't just walk up like you have to do this, you know? So those are the only situations where I'll be like, you know what? No, like, we're not going to do this. <laughs> Along those lines, social media is obviously so crazy. You mentioned yeah. that you, you started Twitter account when you were here, but yeah. now it's huge. You got millions of followers. Yeah, how, how do you how do you manage that too? Because I can't imagine what your notifications and things like that would be. I mean, I check it. I check it. I mean, it's you can find all the news on Twitter, so I get on Twitter, um, and I just push what I want to push, like whatever message or point I want to get across, or whatever. Um, things about myself I want to push then that's what I use my platform for like my social media like um, being a global ambassador for Special Olympics I use it for that and I started Special Olympics here I started Special Olympics when I was here Um, my respect campaign anti-bullying campaign um, my music like I just kind of use it for for what I need to use it for to get um, people to see stuff that I want them to see or raise awareness. Well, your latest rap album yeah, is up the charts. So it's crazy. It's doing numbers, man. I become a rap fan. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> my, it's funny because <laughs> when I was in college, like all my roommates, they used to be like, they used to be tired of me just always like, listen to this, listen to this. And I'd be rapping to them. The girls basketball team, I used to be rapping to them. I used to make everybody listen, like listen to this. So they all hit me now, like, man, you really still rap. <laughs> we used to be tired of you rapping all the time. And I'm I think like, the first See? time I heard you was at Kent's. Remember yep, Kent yep, Green's? Yeah. He was a freshman. That was my freshman year. I back. was an incoming freshman. You're incoming summer freshman. Yeah, I mean, before my freshman year. Yeah, yeah, just that June or whatever it was, yeah. we had a big barbecue with Kent Green's and I'm, the old team's in the back and Dame's, I hear some stuff and I'm like, what? In they the was world? like, D Will was like, they ain't could rap, they ain't rap, spit something, spit something. I'm yeah. like, all right. <laughs> Waiting for my opportunity to rap for whoever listen. <laughs> Where do you see your rap career going? I mean, after this last project, I think it kind of like, I think it's breaking the barrier down. Of Like, at first it was like, go get in the gym. And you got swept and all this stuff. Like, you need to stop focusing on rapping. But 
I think this one got the ear of like music people, not just people who have been fans of me as an athlete. It's like industry people are reaching out to me now, like trying to help, trying to be involved. I mean, once you do something that's that goes big, everybody want to jump in and, and have a part of it. So um, I think it's getting there. It's getting there for sure. Yeah. Trying to do everything now. <laughs> and how do you handle it all? How do you handle the money? How's that affected you? Uh, I think the only way like having money has affected me is just everybody wants some. I mean, it's a, it's it's public, like the money that you have. So you, it's not like people can say, "Well, can I borrow this and can I borrow that?" And you can be like, "No, I don't have it." Like they know you have you it. You can so afford it. Yeah. <laughs> you literally have to tell people no, mm-hmm. and it kind of, I guess it has affected me because that affects relationships. Because they like, man, I've been knowing you since, or we've been tight since this, or whatever. But it's like, people change. Like, you're not the same person that I grew up with. And you're not doing nothing for yourself. So you can't expect me to help you out when you're not doing nothing to help yourself. And then the second that that money that I've let you borrow go, you're just going to come back and ask again. So I'm really just setting myself up. So I think it's only affected me in that way where I got to... You lose people, you know what I'm saying? Because they just expect you to to do it for them just out of love all the time. When, you know, I I have a dad, so my dad is always telling me, you don't owe nobody nothing. Like, you take care of the people that you want to take care of, but you don't owe nobody nothing. My dad still works, so why am I going to feel like I need to take care of anybody if my dad is still working? And my mom and dad don't ask me for this and ask me for that. So how is somebody else going to be upset or mad, you know, about me not doing something for them? What was your first big purchase? My first big purchase, I bought a Porsche. Mm -hmm. You still have it? I still have it. it. I mean, now it's like the car I drive every day. At (laughs) first it was like Panamera. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now that's it's your right. everyday car. At yeah, first it was right. like I didn't want to drive it too much. I didn't want to do this. Now I just just mistreat it. <laughs> need oil change. <laughs> tires, need new tires on it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just treating my Porsche bad. Man. I think when Dave, he had, what, what was the car you had when you left here? The windows wouldn't roll up. <laughs> you had, I had a, what was a, it? a Grand Prix. The Grand Prix, that's right. A 99 Grand Prix. And I was, I was like, well, damn, you got to get a new car. I said, no, I'm going to roll with this. I'm going to be good. And I said, yeah, you know I what? remember that. You can't be driving into that parking lot probably with this thing. <laughs> Go get yourself a nice little Camry or something. Man. But uh, That Grand Prix, I remember one time I was, my window stopped working. So I couldn't roll it all the way up. I had to, like, push it up from the inside. And um, I remember one day it was snowing on campus. Like, it was snowing. And, um. The windshield wipers didn't work, so the snow was just like piled up on on my window. So I'm like, got my sleeve rolled up, and I'm like trying to get all the ice off the window, but I still couldn't see because it was just froze. And I remember almost late for class, I get in my car, and I'm driving up uh, 40th. Is that 40th? Mm-hmm. I'm driving up 40th, and like. I got my head out the window driving, <laughs> and I remember my hat flew off my head, and like the car behind me ran over my hat, and I was just like, "This this car is the worst." Like, <laughs> hat flew off, get ran over. I'm on my way to class. It was a terrible morning, man. That car caused me a lot of problems. <laughs> well, now you got the Porsche that's causing you problems, I guess. Yeah. Huh? Just a few more minutes with Damian Lillard. How's your game gonna change? You see over the next five, ten years of your career. 
Uh, I don't think it'll change much. Um, I think once you get to the point in your career where I am, you are who you are. It's just a matter of how, how much more efficient you could become, um, how many small things you can change or improve um, just to be just one, two percent better. Um, I think each year of my career, the better I can make this shot going to the right, the better I can change my pace, the better I can slow down and not have to use my athleticism. Um, the more film I watch, how much smarter I get, how much more I know about other players and other coaches and what they like to do with their teams. Like, I think that's the stuff that's going to allow me at this point to keep getting better because I know I'm going to score 25 a game. I know I'm going to get six, seven assists. Like, I know that's going to happen, but I think it's how I make that happen, like how I'm getting to those things that's going to allow me to, like, keep being The thing I, that I see is he's figuring that teams have really adjusted how they play him yeah. from when he came into the league to where he is now. I mean, the whole focus is taking Dame out of the game. Yeah. The thing I see him constantly working on is how to combat what they're going to do to him. Yeah. He now knows. And that's what I see anyway, because yeah. that's the biggest thing that everybody's game plan is. You take him out, and we're good. Yeah. So that's that's the thing you got to constantly adjust. That's I see big. him working on it constantly. That's big. Like, and I gotta <clears throat> when teams guard me the way they do, I gotta have different weapons. Like, I gotta have different stuff that they might not expect, or the timing that they might not expect. Like mm -hmm. yesterday, we did stuff where I was throwing left hand skip passes and. Then we throw a right-hand skip pass. Then we come in and come to a stop, and we shoot a fadeaway. Then a fadeaway the other way. Like, just having every everything in the bag that if they do this, I can do that. Mm -hmm. If they do this, then I can do that. And being good at it. So it's like, it's efficient. It works for me. When they try to do it, I can just do it in a game, like, instinctually, instinctively. You know, the fans are going to remember the Dame time moments, right? Yeah. Those playoff buzzer beaters, though, against Houston those and this year against OKC. Yeah. Yeah. Take us through what's going through your mind when those things happen. Um, the Well, the Houston game, the first one against Houston, I just remember, like, tie game, and they had the ball. And I was like, I was already thinking past that, that defensive possession. I was like, all right, we're going to get a stop. Because Wes is like, he had a great possession on James Harden. He, like, locked him up. And as he was guarding him, I was like, all right, James is going to miss it. He's not going to get a quality shot up. I'm about to hit a game winner. Like, I was already thinking that. So James missed the shot. We get the rebound. And Robin Lopez is falling out of bounds, and he just kind of, like, pat the ball inbounds. Chandler Parsons get it and lay it up. We down two with .9 seconds left. And I'm like, Wow. Like, it was, like, deflating. And it was game six. If we lose this game, we go into Houston for game seven. We had a 3-1 lead. It was, like, just – it was just bad. And then the huddle, coach drew up a play to force overtime. So he wanted us to all be on the opposite side of where we were taking the ball out and just sprint to half court and clear out the backside so we can throw a lob, L.A. tip it in, go to overtime. And – um I was just walking out of the, the timeout and Mo Williams is walking with me and he was like, you better not run this damn play. And I was like, what? Like at this time, I'm a second year player. I had hit like five or six game winners that year, but I was like, this ain't the time to just be breaking the play. Like, I'm going to do what he told me to do. And Mo, he looked me in my face and he was like, 
you are closer. Like, how many games went? You need to go get the ball. And I was sitting there, like, trying to decide if I was going to do it or not. <laughs> I was <laughs> I like, like, should I do this? Yeah, like, about this? Yeah. If I miss, because, like, we li- I'm literally, like, walking. And, like, he, it was like the conversation happened faster, though. Like, it was like he said something, I said something, and then, like, it was kind of the end of it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, if I miss it, and I go get it, and, like, I break the play, it's going to be my fault. So I was sitting there, and they were talking about Chandler Parsons and Patrick Beverly were like, do you want to switch it? And they was, like, trying to figure out how they was going to cover me. And I made my mind up. So I was just watching the referee to see when he was going to hand the ball over. And as soon as he handed on the ball, I just took off. And I got, like, a little bit of space from him. And he wasn't looking at me because that wasn't the play. So I was, like, clapping clapping at him. And he threw it to me, and I made that one. And I was just like, (laughs) when I made it, because I usually seam the ball. When I get the ball and shoot, I seam it. But I didn't have time to seam it. So, like, I just kind of caught it and shot it. And then when I let it go, I was like, that's going in. (laughs) Like, I saw the trajectory, and I was like, that's going in. And it went in all net. And I kind of like turned around for a second and I like, the first person, I don't know why, the first person I looked at, I saw my mom, like just burst up out of her seat. And then that was when it hit me, like what actually like just happened. And I was just like, my teammates was running towards me. And I was like, wow, we didn't just win the game. Like that's the end of the series, like it's over. So that was that one. But then after that one, this year was easier because it was a tied game. So. But, Easier from like. Did you know you're pulling? Coming down, cause I me and Laura were sitting there. We're watching the game. We're at the end of the couch, right? The clock ticking. And Laura's like, Damien, get it to the. You got to hurry yeah. up. Get it to the rim. And I says, Nope, he's pulling. He's shooting it. I and knew I was shooting. Yeah, I knew you were too. I could see I had the look it. in your eye. I was like, It's tied game. If anything, we go to overtime. He was far back away from me. So I was just dribbling the clock out. Like, I was getting my feet ready to just shoot from there. Because me and Phil, like, Phil came to Oklahoma City, he came to Portland, and we was like doing shooting workouts like every day, like after the game, because we weren't practicing. So it was like, I was just shooting. And he was like, you gonna make one of these in the game. Like you gonna make one of these. And the whole series, I was just hitting deep threes. And when I was standing there, I was like, I'm just gonna shoot it from here. Cause he was like back off. He was think- I think he was thinking you're going to the rim, right? Yeah, so he, he was. Didn't want to get up too too close. And so. then he looked at the clock and he saw how low the clock was and he stepped towards me. So I was like, all right, he, I don't have as much space. So I just went between the legs just to get him to move a little bit to my left. And I went between the legs and he took like just a little step. I crossed over and I stepped back to the right and that was it. <laughs> Bang. When I shot that one too, when I when it left my hands and I saw the ball, I was like, "That's going in, like it's about to happen all over again." And your brother was right there on the sidelines. We saw him. Yeah, Just he like had a drink in his mom. hand, and he right was like, there, yeah. he waited. It went in. He put his drink down, and like he was at the <laughs> bottom of the pile. Oh, so wild! Uh, how about all these changes in the West? All these free agent moves. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's. Um, the West is always tough. Like, I think that's what people got to understand. It's always tough. Even, if anything, now it's more balanced than it was. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's always tough, so I don't think anything really changes. It's been four years already, but came back and got your degree. Yeah. Which was a goal of yours, wasn't yeah. it? I spent so much time, like, going to class. Like, we weren't allowed to miss class. We weren't allowed to be late. Like, I remember getting up 
walking up to class at 8.55, start at 9 o'clock, and seeing one of the coaches standing outside the door, like, we're just waiting for somebody to be late. So, like, I would get there. Like, our, all the teachers was cool. Uh, Carl Grunander, um, Ike Meyer, Joe Ellen. Um, Tim. Tim Border. Like, that's my guy. I talked to yeah. Tim. I talked to Tim to this day. Like, we still talk to this day. So, um, once you, you get in those classrooms and, like, the teachers showing that they care or the professors showing that they care and they, they want the best for you, you having a good time in the classes, like, we invested that time. So, I mean, why not finish it? Why go through all that and not finish it? Damien's a humble guy, but he didn't have to come back and finish his degree. I remember talking to, to his mom, Gina, who's just a tremendous person, but having a conversation, and she she was kind of getting on me. She's like, Coach, you told us Damien was going to get his degree. Now you got to make help make sure. And I said, well, I'll do what I can, Gina, but he's, he's doing okay. And But it shows you the kind of person that he is. That was important to his family. I miss especially. my history teacher. His mm. class was one of my favorite classes. Gene mm. Sessions. Gene Sessions, Sessions. Oh, yeah. 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 You still I fell stay- asleep in his class one day. And, um, like, he would always, when I came in his class, he would always, like, post a newspaper clip of, like, what I did in the game the night before. And he would make the whole class, like, watch it, and he would talk about the game and what I did. And I remember I fell asleep, and he came, and he just slammed the book right next to me, like, slammed it on the desk. The whole class was watching, and I kind of, like, popped up, and he was like, I know you scored 20 points last night, but you can't fall asleep in my class. (laughs) And, like, the whole classroom just started dying laughing because it was like he almost showed favoritism to me, like, throughout the class, and he finally, like, did that to me, and it was like – they couldn't believe he did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still stay in touch with them, and you stay in touch with a lot of your former teammates from yeah. Weber State, too. Yeah. Yeah, I talk to all of them pretty much. Um, me and Scott, we work out together sometime in the summer. Um, <clears throat> Josh Noble, he always come to my games. Like, he'll come to Atlanta. He'll come to Memphis. Um, I talk to Zoe all the time. Um Obviously, Dev, me and Dev grew up together. Mook, we grew up together. Uh, Mo texts me all the time. Bull, Trev, uh, Panos, even Matt Washington. Like Nick Davis, D. Will, you mentioned. D. Will, Kale. Like, I literally talked to all of my teammates, too. Well, we, uh, we've talked about your NBA career, your Weber State career, your, your rap career, all the other things. Another thing that's happened lately is you've become a father. Yeah. What's that been like for you? I mean, it's – I care about a lot of stuff, but I don't, I don't care about nothing more than my son. Like, that's just different. It's, and it, he getting to the age now where it's like he recognized, like, I'm his dad. And when I'm not there, when I am, like, when I'm watching, like, when I leave, if I'm walking out or something, he'll, like, chase me to the door. Like, Dad, Daddy, mm-hmm. Daddy. And I got, got to take him in the car with me and let him, like, act like he's driving my car. And then, like, when I'm leaving now, he, like, waving <laughs> by and, like, blowing kisses and stuff like that. So it's it's different. Like, it, it brings perspective for sure. For sure. Like, what's important. Makes you a better player. Yeah. Absolutely. It does for sure. Like I used Question. to after games if we lose and it would bother me now. 
when games like that was probably the best thing because when we got swept against New Orleans, that was probably the worst time of my career. Like just t- talking bad about you on TV, on the internet, everywhere you turn. Like that's like the topic of discussion. But that was like around the time my son was born. So I was coming home and I literally did not care. <laughs> like I was coming home and the only thing I cared about was like my son. So it happened at the perfect time. And then this whole year was like, it was a great year because I didn't take stuff home with me. I would come home and my son is like walking up. And when I'm in there watching TV after the game sometimes, like I just go in in his room and he in there sleep. I just sit in there and I'm like, man, I'm a dad. Like I got a kid. That game was important, but it ain't that important. Like I'm psyching myself out. So um, like it was probably the best thing to happen. We're trying to get him committed, by the way. Yes. Uh, he's got Let's sign Damien's him. long arms and big hands. Yeah, he a big, uh, big, big baby. Him, yeah, last time I saw him, he's got those big old hands just like Damien. So yeah. we need to get him committed soon. <laughs> Definitely changes your perspective. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for hosting this alumni classic. Coach, you know, you've been asked so many times about Damien and how special a person he is. It's just hard to put in words, isn't it? No, it really is. And I've. I've said this a million times probably since he's been here and doing what he's doing now, but, you know, you know, I love this guy to death. And it's not because, and I couldn't be more proud of him, but it's not because of everything he's done on the court. It's because of the kind of person he is. That's what makes you really proud, uh, to see him, how he handles his life, his values, uh, being a father now. And it, it's so different than what you see from typical guys that, have had success. He's humble, he's grounded, he's got integrity, he lives his life the right way. And to me, that's that's what separates him from so many other guys that are doing the same thing he's doing. Thanks again. Appreciate it, And he has no, one, one last thing, he has no idea, I mean, he's done so much to, to be around us and help our program and the city of Ogden, Weber State University. He has no idea how much we use him <laughs> in recruiting, in everything that we do. Uh, we use him behind the scenes and the story that we tell because of him. And we just appreciate He's family. He's family. He's here, and we just appreciate him constantly being with us and coming back and helping us out as much as he can. You're definitely one of a kind, and Weber State's obviously important to you too. Appreciate it.